What is up, everybody? Dan and the Fireman here. This is going to be the After the Ride podcast, but this is going to be a version of it. Think of it as just like a small little underground kind of uh, behind-the-scenes uh, podcast series. Uh, the goal is to have multiple people on here, is to actually do some interviews with some experts and uh, learn quite a bit from that and then uh, share it with the MTC Rider Academy, which you guys will be seeing this sooner than everybody else. Uh, what I've been doing is posting on... Uh, Discord. I've been doing a Monday and Friday newsletter, basically showcasing, hey, Monday, this is what I'm going to be doing for the week. Hey, Friday, here's me being accountable and what I'm doing. Turns out that's pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> smart goals, uh, part of that is realistic. The R part is realistic. And uh, with everything going on, it's not. And I actually really enjoy doing video and audio more so than writing, even though I write in my journal pretty much every day, uh, pretty much every day. Any ideas, anything that's been going on with me? So basically what I want to do is kind of talk about last week, and that's kind of how I'm going to be doing things, is uh, I'm going to be talking about last week and sharing a lot of behind the scenes. So uh, a lot of you guys know that we've been doing this forever, or I've been doing this forever. Uh, I've been doing uh, podcast, or not podcasts, but YouTube videos uh, very, very consistently about motorcycle safety, motorcycle stuff since uh, 2015. Before that, I think it was around 2012, I was doing some stupid stuff on motorcycles. And before that, I was a power lifter. And basically the whole channel was uh, a, a video log um, of my powerlifting sessions, which would be three videos a week. A lot of fun. I'd go work out, edit, upload, call it a day. It was basically my training journal. Really cool to see the progress. I'm really upset I deleted all those videos. I think I might have them somewhere. But anyways, um, so I'm going to be talking about the week of the 21st and 27th. I have a few notes. This is one of the first ones, so it's not really going to be something crazy. Might throw some B-roll up and around uh, if you're watching this. But uh, basically what happened last week is a quick overview. Uh, we did a TECC Classic Tactical Emergency Casualty Care class. I got my book right here. Uh, this was a class that was put on by uh, the National uh, Agency of Emergency Medical Technicians. Um, hopefully I got that right. But anyways, um, this is going to be from a Strategic Operations Group down in California. We had a two-day class. Um, it was Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, from 7 a.m. till 5 p.m., we went through a lot of scenarios, basically a lot of, a lot of, lot of stuff. Um, really enjoyed it. Loved the structure. It is an advanced. It is a very uh, aggressive form of traumatic uh, care. So uh, where I come from with the EMS side of things as a firefighter EMT for 11 years, it was a lot of it was medical. We didn't get a lot of trauma, and when we did, it was kind of what I expected from a TECC class. But um, a lot of it was medical. You know, we're always dealing with heart patients, usually elderly, um, usually just like some crazy off-the-wall random stuff, you know, asthmas, uh, uh, just, you know, dehydrations. Like, basically, like, the stuff that would kill a population is pretty well insulated from anything bad. Um, the only time we really had trauma or anything like that was car accidents, motorcycle accidents, um, GSW, so gunshot wounds, stabbings. The GSWs and stabbings were pretty few and far between. but you know, there's sometimes there's a long stretch of them, and uh, I've had plenty of stabbings, plenty of GSWs, but most of them are car accidents, and that's kind of why I jumped into motorcycle safety, started riding, started seeing a lot of motorcycle accidents, started, started seeing a lot of car accidents that were fatalities too, vehicles versus pedestrians, all these things, vehicles versus houses, not very fun. Um, so anyways, uh, TECC is a more aggressive version of it, because we, all, all we would do on these scenes, uh, especially for car accidents, they're pretty well insulated. They had, you know, 
seat belts, airbags, crumple zones, everything like that. So they're pretty well protected. Just, you know, some minor bleeding here and there, maybe difficulty breathing. Not much an EMT can do for that. Motorcycle accidents, pretty severe. You know, amp <laughs> partial amputations, uh, facial trauma, uh, crazy road rash, uh, broken arms, you know, just some interesting things, broken femurs. So that was really cool. Hair traction splints and everything. Um, the thing is, there's not much for an EMT to do. And so I wanted to do like a very aggressive version of it and just kind of get myself above what is typical on a motorcycle accident. That's where the tactical emergency casualty care comes in. And what I really like about this course was that it was down and dirty. Uh, we didn't we didn't talk about anything medical because um, that's going to be a lot of schooling that you're going to need. And so for my kind of scroll it back, my perspective on why I'm doing this or why I wanted to do this myself was I wanted to learn, like I said, the aggressive form of trauma care, but I wanted to, I already knew ahead of time it was going to be way above what anybody uh, would be doing and it'd be anything that I'd be teaching. So it's like taking an advanced riding clinic with total control. You know, you learn trail braking, you learn a lot of crazy, you know, body positioning. Uh, you understand the, the, the bike more and that's going to be more than you're probably going to need out on the road, but there's some really good tools to have. And I want to have more and more tools in my toolbox just in case something happens. Obviously, if you don't practice them, uh, you're not going to get the full benefit out of them. So it's always good to practice, but uh, my main thing that I like to do is be a master of the basics because you can get really far. You can get really far with just understanding the basics and being completely proficient in them to where you don't even have to think about it because I got too many other things. I got family. I got, got a business to run. I got an academy to play with and, and teach. And, you know, I, I meant to say community to play with and academy to teach, but uh, you know, I don't want to get like, I don't want to specialize. I'm, I'm really of a horizontal thinker. So when I got into the TCC class, I know I'm going around in circles here. Um, it was really cool. You know, I learned uh, needle decompression. So you stick a needle in the chest, you know, uh, tension pneumothorax, which is something I already knew. I already knew the needle decompression. I just couldn't do it in my scope of practice. It's a paramedic skill, which you guys shouldn't be doing anyways. I'm not going to teach it and, and I'm not going to do it. It's not, it's, I don't think it's legal anyways for us to do it. Um, there's also, you know, uh, an IO, so intraosseous, where it's a, basically a drill into the, the head of the humerus and the tibial tuberosity, which is the top of your uh, tibia. Um, basically, you're drilling a, a needle into uh, a bone, and that's where you can get fluids. We're not doing that either. You can also do it in the sternum, not doing that either. Uh, IVs, intravenous, you know, getting the, getting the IVs going, can't do that either. So there's a few things we couldn't do, but it was really nice to know you know, what, what you can do for tension pneumothorax and how severe it can be. So you understand, hey, if this person's not breathing well, you start seeing tracheal deviation, JVD, jugular vein deviation, uh, or distension, um, you know what to do. And I know I'm throwing a lot of words at you, but you know what to do and you know how severe it is. So, you know, you need to get them to the hospital because there's not really much you can do. Uh, so then like, what can you do before that? You know, well, they have chest seals because um, you have a sucking chest wound. So if you get a hole in your chest, goes all the way into the pleural cavity, which is where basically inside your chest, it's hollow and your lungs are able to expand and stuff. So if you get a hole in that, uh, your, your lungs are going to collapse because air is going to start filling that spot and, and pressure differentials and everything. But anyways, um, that can happen in a motorcycle accident. Uh, you can go chest first into a, a branch. Uh, you go off, you accidentally fail to negotiate a curve, go off into the bushes get a branch in your chest and, you know, freaking out, you just pull it out and now you have a sucking chest wound. Um, you can get punctures easily doing that. And your back, you know, metal on scene, crashing into a car, crashing into a pole, 
crashing into a, a was it a political sign where they have the rebar sticking up? You know, it, it can happen. So having a chest seal is really cool. Uh, these are things that we all learn inside here. Uh, tourniquets. Uh, TECC is really, it's big on, on, on massive hemorrhage. Uh, uh, P-March pause is, is kind of like an acronym. It's, they're the principles of, of, of everything that you do. P is patient safety, personal safety, March. The M is massive hemorrhage, airway, uh, respiratory, uh, circulation, and then head, head injury type stuff. So P-March. And then the pause is, is, is something else, you know, P-A-W-S. And that's, that's something that we didn't really focus on because, you know, part of it's like antibiotics, wound management, uh, you know, fluids and like, you know, keeping the patient warm, which is something that you do for the circulation part. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going over it real quick. I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, it's kind of like a podcast here, guys. Come on now. Um, <laughs> uh, so like uh, massive hemorrhage is a big thing. So we really focused on tourniquets really focused on packing the wound, really focused on what we need to do to get off the X. So this is a active shooter, tactical type shooting thing where a lot of the mechanisms of injuries that would happen would be penetrating trauma or blast injuries. Uh, we don't have a lot of that in motorcycles. We typically have crush injuries, and I guess you can call it blast injuries in that effect. Um, but we do get lacerations. We just don't get a lot of penetrating trauma. So you can still get a really deep laceration, cut yourself, uh, cut your femoral artery. Uh, we talked about pelvic injuries. Um, we talked about punctures and, and junctional site injuries. Uh, and you can't put a tourniquet there. So like in the shoulder and the neck and the hip, like be, uh, way too high up on the, in the groin area, you start to get some injuries, which you can get from going up and over the gas tank into the handlebars, get some laceration. So what do you do? You pack the wound. So we got to practice that. Uh, pretty much real-life scenarios type stuff, you know, gunshots, you know, babies crying in the background, explosions, really cool scenarios, working with the team, having yourself a, a kit. Uh, so we have, you know, our rescue kit. Uh, pretty much used everything in there. Uh, it allowed me to kind of modify what I wanted to do with the kit. So we're actually going to be making changes in 2023 uh, when it comes to that. But everything that's already in it is is pretty much all you guys can do anyways. But um. Anyways, working with a tourniquet, really cool, good scenarios, blood, fake blood everywhere, getting it all over you, picking up patients, um, really good stuff, really good stuff, and uh, it really made me think, it made me think, and uh, I've been doing the Smart Rider Fitness, testing it out, because in 2023, we're going to have a whole new 12-week uh, program that is all-inclusive, and basically full fitness. We're going to get the rescue stuff going. That's why we took the class, so we can modify some of this for rescue training, mentorship training. We're going to modify the situational awareness, road strategy training, fundamental skills, and we're going to be talking really in-depth about gear. Um, what it made me realize is the physicality of everything. Um, we really need to get in shape, guys. So the Smart Rider Fitness, that's why I was part of it. I'm glad I was kind of on the right path, but you know, going through some of these classes made me really understand it. I'm in pretty good shape. I was handling it pretty well, but I can see how with full gear, uh, adrenaline going, um, I felt pretty calm. It almost felt like I was back on scene uh, all my years as a firefighter. Um, but I understand there's not a lot of people that do this. Um, so it's going to be pretty difficult. Your heart rate's going to go up. You're going to start feeling shortness of breath. Um, you're going to start to panic, start getting into this weird mode, not thinking correctly. Part of rescue is remaining calm, ensuring your own safety. Um, so part of that, you know, you might start panicking. And, uh, so the physicality is pretty big, um, not just for rescuing, but also being the patient. 
Um, so if you crashed and you start having a lot of blood loss and you start panicking, you know, your heart rate is typically, you know, resting heart rate's 100. That's terrible. Um, so if it is, start working out. Your resting heart rate should be below 80. You know, so if, like, you're on scene, you get in a crash, your heart rate's going to be massively high. Your goal is to kind of calm yourself down, work on your breathing, work on controlling your body, having a better idea of what your body's like and uh, understanding what your body can do in stressful situations. And that's where working out really kind of comes in, pushing your body, pushing everything. So uh, part of being a smart rider now, to me, is like we got to have that physicality. This isn't, I'm not, I don't want to just, my biggest thing is, is uh, I take this stuff seriously. You know, I take the safety side seriously. I take the uh, trying to survive side. We only got one life, you know, and we're out riding, doing, trying to do the best risk management as possible, but we don't, everyone wants the gear. Everyone wants uh, to look the part. Everyone wants to just be able to buy the thing that will keep them safe. But at the end of the day, you, and this is what a lot of people say when they don't wear gear. It's like, well, I'm just being safe, you know, or I'm just, I have the skills. It's like, that's one part too. You know, like you can go out there and have no gear whatsoever, have the best skills in the world and never crash. You never have to have gear. If you crash, you should, you sh you should be happy or you should be upset that you didn't have gear. And then we have the other side of the spe spectrum where I, I feel like a lot of us are in. And it's very easy to get into where it's like you get all the gear and you don't get any of the training and you feel just as confident as the guy that has no gear, but all the training. And it's like, why can't we marry the two? And that's what I want to do is I want to, as a smart rider, we have both sides of it on top of being an instructor yourself uh, because you get to, every time you teach somebody, you learn something at the same time. So it's, it's really cool, different perspectives. Um, and then also rescuing. But that's what I'm trying to do. It's like, hey, uh, we need to have the physicality part too. We need to be able to uh, be able to maneuver the bikes, being able to lift the bike up, being able to physically be present to rescue that rider. And it's like, it starts to really come together. It's like, hey, we're, we're basically, if you, if you get into being a smart rider and you want to be a smart rider, uh, you're an athlete. Like, this, is the, this, isn't, this isn't you just join up and you get the gear and you, and you watch the videos. Uh, you, you get the gear, you watch the videos, you take classes to become a rescue rider. Uh, you, want, you try your best to be able to modulate how you speak to others and mentor them. And then you also get the physicality on it. So you look the part too. And that's what we're doing for 2023 in the MTC Rider Academy is getting that. So, yeah, I realized the, uh, the physicality and then the mentality of it. Uh, one thing as a firefighter that we didn't have was, I mean, we had EAP, Employee Assistance Programs, but uh, talking, about, talking about the mental health side of it, talk, being realistic about what the stress looks like versus saying, hey, it's not a big deal. And then when somebody actually goes through it and it's a big deal for them, they feel shamed that it's a big deal for them, you know, witnessing a crash or going through a class, a very stressful class or trying to learn something new. Everyone else is like trying to be macho while you're sitting there sweating bullets and like you're so worried of failing when you, you should just be there learning. Um, so the mentality of it, being a newer, new, new person, uh, being a brand new person and, and accepting that you're a new person, accepting that you're learning something new uh, was really nice for me going through this class. You know, I, I've been out of the fire service for four years now. Um, I let my EMT lapse just this year and, uh, going through this, like I felt, I felt good. I felt like I knew a lot what was going on and like, I didn't have to really study too much, but the test, I was kind of sweating bullets and stuff. And then I started watching everyone else and like they were stressed the whole time, looked to me for leadership. And it's like, I'm in the same class as you. 
Um, it just turns out I had more experience and, and it was really nice. And so I got to do a little bit of the mentorship part of it. But um, I, what I don't want in the smart writers and the DDF from crew writers is to, to be in this mindset of we all are all of a sudden show up to the same class. Let's say 20 of us show up to one class and all of us are like, oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is, you know, we're here to learn and I'm not worried at all. No, it's like, yeah, we're, that's also one part of the spectrum. It's like, come over. Hey, we're ready to learn. Don't be worried. But it's like, if you are, like, it's okay. It's okay to be worried. And then we're going to come together and one of you guys will be like, hey, I'm, I'm not doing okay. Like, this is stressful for me. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not good in a class setting. And the ones that are in a good class setting will be like, hey, you know what? We're going to take it minute by minute, 10 minute by 10 minute. We're going to go, when we get to break, we're going we're gonna to decompress. We're going to come right back. We're going to be happy. We're going to get some food. And we're here, we're doing this together. And that's what I really like about uh, that kind of class that we went through is that as a team, we kind of got through things together. And it was really nice because Nathan, uh, our other MTC writer instructor and, and the only other employee here, um, <laughs> uh, he went with me. You know, we, he, he, this is what he wanted to do. And uh, I said, let's do it. And I think it's good. And it really made me open to that side of the aisle of, you know, the gun culture, you know, everyday carry and stuff. So we'll talk more about that as the time goes on. Cause I just bought a bunch of stuff um, to kind of get me going. Uh, but I mean, I keep my rescue pack inside my bag, my everyday carry bag. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to start doing that stuff. But it was really cool being a part of a team, and it's, like, kind of jump-started me, motivated me to get into that. Uh, one thing about it, you know, I mentioned the P-March pause. Uh, so patient safety, personal safety, and then March. Those are uh, one thing I really kind of got out of this class, which, which by the way, I got my, my cert right here. So pretty happy about that. It's always good to have. And I also got a patch that they gave you. Uh, so P-March pause. Uh, took a lot of notes. Took a lot of really good notes. Um, learned quite a bit from the class itself. A lot of, I write really weird notes if I have to use a pen. I hate writing on a pen, but a lot of uh, uh, nuggets of wisdom. And it was really good. It was really good. And one of the things that, that I really, really, really liked um, about how this went was that I learned principles are non-negotiable, principles are non-negotiable and techniques and tactics can vary. So one thing that I learned in, in this class, and, and I felt like I've always known, and that's one of the things that I love about taking classes, that I, I have this, like, in, I don't know, for me, I have this intuition or I have this uh, mentality of first principle uh, thinking and first principle of teaching, first principle. It's like, going, let's go down to the fundamentals, and that's part of smart writer principles. That's why it's smart writer principles, because um, I feel like that's the foundation of a good smart writer. Um, so the principles are non-negotiable. So... March pause. So patient, personal safety, massive hemorrhage, airway, respirations, uh, circulation, and head injury, uh, like TBI type stuff. Principles. Like those are the things that we're worried about. Those are the things that we're, we're going to fix in order. Massive hemorrhage is a massive thing. Rescue. Remaining calm is a principle. Ensure your own safety is a principle. Stop major bleeds and quickly assess the severity, which you know this, uh, this can all change too, but those are the principles. You got to remain calm first, ensure your own safety first, because if not, you're going to, you, if you get hurt, who's going to take care of you? Who's going to take care of the patient? P, March, P is personal safety, patient safety, okay? Uh, stop major bleeds, massive hemorrhage. So that's kind of where I'm getting at here. Uh, when it comes to, like, a cornering, so 
the principles of of plan position for safety. I mean, I'm actually changing plan a little bit. So position for safety. Right now, it's position for safety, locate hazards, adapt to hazards, and navigate around threats. Um, it's actually changing. Let me go ahead and grab it out here. I have it. Um, I just finalized the new version of it, and based off of the the knowledge that I have here, so the new plan method is position for safety, locate hazardous situations, assess relevant threats, navigate active threats. Okay, so that's that's the the principles behind it. Now, how do you do? How do you position for safety? Now, this is where the techniques and tactics can vary a little bit. Okay, so we're creating a space cushion is going to help you uh, get a position for safety. Establish escape routes is going to help you position for safety. Maintaining line of sight is going to help you position for safety. Uh, assess relevant threats. You know, a road surface hazard is a relevant threat. Roadway users is a relevant threat. Animals are a relevant threat. Pedestrians are a relevant threat. And I know I skipped L and I'm going to skip N. But um, we get into uh, so many different situations where, you know, a corner, going on cornering, okay? The principle of cornering is getting around the corner. You know, we, so what really is, what does that mean? The principle of cornering is to turn through the corner and maintain traction. So that's the principle. That's what we're trying to do is get around the corner and maintain traction. There's different techniques to do that. And that's where I'm, this is where I'm trying to get at. So cornering, go around the corner while maintaining traction and not crashing. That's the, that's the goal. That's the principle. The techniques and tactics can be slow look, press, and roll. It could be trail breaking. It could be freaking duck walking it around the corner. It could be pulling off to the side and walking your bike. You know, there's different tactics. At the end of the day, we're getting around the corner, maintaining full traction. How do you want to do it? And so, like, it, that can change. You can either do slow look, press, and roll. You can do trail breaking. There's not a, a thing there that says that you can't do one or the other or you should do one or the other and whatever, whatever, whatever. You get around the corner. That's, that's what it is. Now, there might be a different situations where, hey, there's gravel in the road. Hey, there's a car behind you. Hey, there's a car that pulled out in front of you. What do you do? So now we're starting to get into situations, and that's where the plan method really comes in because uh, you have to assess uh, relevant uh, threats and then navigate those threats. And you can navigate active threats by swerving. Remember, here's the techniques, swerving, progressive braking, engine braking, acceleration, or changing just the lane position. So those are techniques and tactics for the principle of navigate active threats. So that's one thing I really, really kind of kicked out to me is that I've always done these like acronyms and, and I've always done these, these first principle things and then develop tactics around those. Um, what I just don't want to get into is this whole idea of one's better than the other, because that's one thing that we learned in our class. Um, and that really just reiterated it for me is that, yeah, we have to stop massive hemorrhage, you know, P March pause, stop massive hemorrhage. And that's one of the first things you do in a hot zone. There's hot, warm and cold zone. Um, cold zone is, is nothing's going to happen to you. Warm zone is, Hey, something can happen to you. It's kind of dangerous, but not really. You could do more. And hot zone is like, hey, you're about to, you, you're going you're gonna to get killed. You need to get the heck out of there. So think of when you rescue somebody, you're in the middle of the road, cars are whizzing by, and you're just sitting there with the patient. That's a hot zone. Warm zone would be off the side of the street. Somebody can still hit you. Cold zone would be in the, like, on the grass on a hill, a little bit away from the crash site, away from roads, and no hazards. So that's kind of a cold zone. So one thing that 
what that really kind of got me, and I forgot I lost my train of thought because I get I get a little excited here. <laughs> um, uh, the principles of everything. Um, well, shoot, now I got to edit this whole part out until I get myself back into it. I forgot. Massive hemorrhage. There we go. Massive hemorrhage. Uh, so like if you're trying to stop the bleed, like in the middle of the intersection, like you're trying to put on a tourniquet or, you know, they got cut up and they got screwed up and they're in the middle of the road. Uh, that's the hot zone. So, yeah, the principle works. Uh, that, that's what you're supposed to do. But if you get hit, it's not good. So you have to actually get the person out of there into more of a warm zone. So things can change depending on the situation. Uh, the goal is to stop the major bleed, cinch it up, and get it going. But if it's not tactically or technically viable because you're going to get killed, then you got to get yourself out of the situation first, hopefully with the patient too, and then stop their bleed. So like if you're getting into a corner and it's like, hey, you know, let's do slow look, press, and roll, a car pulls out in front of us, well, we're not just doing slow look, press, and roll now. We're doing so look, oh crap, there's something there, swerve out of the way, and then press it, and like we're now we're getting back into it. So you have to to solve the active threat before you can actually do the real thing. And that's where things kind of get crazy and people start saying this is better than the other. And it, it, at the end of the day, the principle is to make it around the corner with traction. And so how do you do that? There's so many different situations, so many different scenarios. One is better than the other in this scenario. This scenario dictates that this scenario is dumb and doesn't work very well. So it was really interesting to kind of get into that and uh, kind of learn a lot of these different things. And I know there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, but uh, I definitely wanted to talk about principles versus tactics and techniques um, because we're going to be expanding a little bit more on that. That's what I've been doing this uh, past few weeks is really looking at the principles that I currently have here, like the plan method, smart rider principles, rescue. Um, and then uh, I've been developing a few others like uh, the safe rider checklist um, before you get on the bike. Um, so anyways, uh, the next thing I wanted to kind of jump on was uh, the riding smart live streams. So we've been doing riding smart for about two, three years now. I think three years. I can just say three years now. Um, hundreds of episodes, hundreds and hundreds of episodes. I started just doing the, the, the documentation of it literally is just called riding smart. The number it used to be, you know, random stuff and then so if you want to count those there's probably like 400 of those episodes uh, but basically what we're doing is close calls and crash after action reviews so we can learn from them so there's gonna be a little bit of changes what we've been doing uh lately is actually we got ourselves a manila folder it's a little bit i don't know why it's transparent but inside this what we do is we actually talk about this is last week's uh what's actually happening during these so that we're actually doing a full-on review of of the whole whole video and this is just one biker's video and we're talking about each and every clip what the problem was what was good about it what we can learn from it what we can do better about it and uh that takes about an hour hour and a half of doing that and uh since now they're just you know really quick down and dirty to the thing we're just going to make clips out of those just simple clips and there's like 20 plus clips just in this one video so what we're doing is you doing one or two maybe three clips per actual video throughout the week so it's going to be like, you know, we're going to post every single day, uh, sometimes twice a day, um, and they're just going to be short, you know, three to five, three to six minute videos. This way you can get straight to the point. We're not messing around. It's a lot of fun doing this stuff, but now we're focused on the After the Ride podcast, Motorcycle Training Concepts, YouTube channel, and the MTC Rider Academy. 
So we're kind of doing a lot of really cool things, a lot of things that are, are really meant for just you. Uh, the newsletter, uh, we're out taking classes so we can become better and teach you guys these different things. But uh, yeah, so some, some things might change. We want to get back to riding on the motorcycle, riding on some e-bikes, because that's going to be a whole new dynamic of, of people entering two-wheel fun. E-bikes are getting a little bit dangerous, a little bit fast, so I want to kind of jump onto that and and uh, teach smart rider principles to to, to e-bike people because a lot of them are kids. And I, my my son just got a concussion, and my biggest fear is that it's going to change who he is and what he can do for the rest of his life. Um, he got a concussion from wrestling, um, so I want to help prevent some of these things for kids and parents. The stress that it causes parents, um, just just everything. So I'm I'm kind of jumping into that, and it's just a two man team here. So we're working our ass off and doing the best we can, but I figured uh, I'd do better doing this versus actually typing out a weekly journal. Um, so I'm going to be working out uh, multiple times a week. Um, I'm going to keep taking uh, classes. We've got some leadership classes going on. Um, I'm going to be posting some uh, some of these. I'm going to post this. this is, my best guess is that this is going to go out every Friday. You guys get to see it super early. And then clips of it will go up on the uh, After the Ride podcast YouTube channel or, you know, honestly, just just straight up post it on the MTC Rider Academy uh, and MTC YouTube channel. Well, whatever it is, we're going to figure it out. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Some more vlogs, some more uh, Ride Along with Dan and the Fireman videos where I'm out riding, pointing out things, uh, some smart rider drills on e-bikes and motorcycles. Um, I got that big rescue Randy, rescue Ronaldo, you guys seen that dummy. Uh, basically what we did in the TECC class is that it had all these, uh, it's called a moulage kit where you can have the blood come out. It looks like he's an amputee. I already have all that. Bought it last year, never used it. It was kind of <laughs> expensive. It was like four grand for all of that. So we're going to finally get to use it. Um, we're going to be modifying our rescue packs, rescue kits, kind of slimming everything down to only what you need. Um, and then really focus on the education. And focusing on the members of the MTC Rider Academy, that's the biggest thing. Focusing on the members of the MTC Rider Academy. So uh, this one will probably, uh, like I said, I want to put this out on the MTC Rider Academy. It's going to be uh, its own course. Uh, videos are going to go up there. Um, this one will go to the, to the MTC YouTube channel. Um, but the thing is, uh, the MTC Rider Academy is pretty much supporting everything. You guys are our sponsors now. So if you want to support the channel, please, if you want to support our education, motorcycle training concepts, Dan and the Fireman, uh, anything that we produce here, um, please become an MTC Rider Academy cadet. Uh, right now it's $4.99 the first month, $9.99 after that. Next year it's going to be around 15-ish bucks a month because we're going to have so much more and we're building up the content library there. So uh, please join up now, lock in that price, because uh, once you lock it in, it doesn't go up for you. It goes up for everyone else. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, we got the After Life podcast where I'm going to do this at least once a week, and I'm going to post it on Fridays on the MTC Rider Academy and MTC YouTube channel and kind of figure out what to do from there. But the main goal is to build up enough of these to where they go out to uh, the MTC Rider Academy at least a month ahead so you're gonna get four of these episodes a month before basically uh youtube so uh with that said i hope you guys ride safe be safe um i'm gonna go ahead and uh kind of just relax a little bit i got some more stuff to do but uh i'll be seeing you around bye